Alright, so I want to speak to you today about something that uh, was really born out of uh, a statement that I made last week. And, and then last week was actually born out of something that uh, occurred in intercession. Again, I, I refer to this frequently, but uh, I want to refer to it again. I am a believer in intercession. I'm an intercessor. I'm, a, I'm one, I believe in praying. I believe in praying correctly, though. I don't believe in babbling. I don't like that. I don't like repetitive nonsense. I like, I like to pray with purpose. And one of the things I love about intercession, every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., Jenny Kerner leads it, and it's never simply coming together just so we can fill an hour of time. When we gather together for intercession on Wednesday mornings, we come in here and there is always a target that we are after. She comes in here and she lays out the floor plan of where we're supposed to go, what Holy Spirit has spoken to her throughout the week, what's the purpose of us gathering today. It's never, never empty. It's always full. And recently, she began to share a word that uh, in, the, in the instruction, in what Holy Spirit spoke to her, uh, following what he had said to her, he added something to me regarding that. But she talked about what it meant to arise and to, uh, to rise up and to ascend. And she shared the Hebrew definition and the Greek definition of those words. And as she began to share that and she began to explain that, it ignited something as intercession often does when I come. I'm, I'm here when I'm, if I'm in town, I'm here. And she shared, some, shared something that really ignited something in me. And Holy Spirit showed me something a little bit different, added, not different, but added to what she had spoken to us. And that is that when we arise, that's a natural response. But when we ascend, that's a spiritual thing. Arising is becoming aware. She had spoken that part. She said, arising is becoming aware of what the Father wants to do in our life. And then ascending was seeing out and, out and beyond. What, what I added to that was just clarified that the arising part is the natural and the ascending part is the spiritual. Because it's important for us to know these things. But my point being, I don't want to dwell on that long right now. My point being, as we've focused on some of that the last two or three weeks, uh, last week I made a statement about darkness that I did not intend to make, which often happens. I'll probably make statements today that are not in my notes, but, but it's, it's Holy Spirit to help us to see. Let's turn the lights up just a little bit, please. I, I, feel, um, I feel like I want to see those who are seeing me. And... So there's a sense that when we are moving in and out of, of what the Father is speaking to us to do, if we're not careful, let me just say it this way, the same thing I said to the team this morning, is it's interesting to me that throughout time, certainly before Christ, when He came into the earth, when the Father sent Him into the earth, He sent Him into the earth to, to break up religion as it was interpreted. Religion as it was known. And the law, the legalism, he sent him to redeem man from those things that could not bring us to the Father. So he wanted that relationship restored. Well, Christ introduced the liberty of relationship. Everybody say liberty of relationship. He introduced to the world the liberty of relationship with the Father. Being able to know him. Being able to talk to him. And he carried that through, and in the three years of his ministry, he significantly impacted, even more than that, because before he was ever even entered into full ministry, his parents were very aware, you are a very different child. And so, but he began to change the earth from the moment he entered the earth. 
Then he ascended into the heavens. And from the moment he ascended into the heavens, from that point till now, the world has done everything it can to return to the religion that he came to break up. The very thing he came to break up. The world has made every effort and done everything it can do to call itself the church as it was prior to Christ. But the difference is, the only difference is, that the religion before Christ, as it existed, was without Him. Religion that the church world has returned to is religion in the name of Christ. And it was never meant to be that. Religion should not be in the name of Christ. True religion, undefiled religion, happens through Christ. Not in the name of Christ, but through Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Because of that, there are some dark places that exist. And part of the dark places is this lack of understanding. Sometimes we find ourselves in conditions and in situations. And I don't know why I'm cutting in and out, but let's stop right there because I want to make sure this is good. Time out. Everybody turn around and hug somebody. If you're watching online, keep watching. Just stare at us. Everybody say we love technology until technology doesn't love us back. So let me know when we're good to go. If you are visiting with us today, I want you to know how blessed we are, even if it's your first time or even if you've been here before, we're very blessed that you're here with us. Thank you for experiencing a very different situation, um, but uh, we would love to know uh, beyond, I've, I've, hopefully I've gotten to you um, and shaken your hand and someone else has as well, but we would also like to have a record of you being here. If you could go online and go to the, I'm going to tell you where you can go to do this, but you can go to the rockofcf.org forward slash new here, all one word. And uh, if you go to there, there you can let us know also in, in a written way that you have visited with us today. If you're watching for the first time, you can also do that online. And uh, we simply want to let you know how blessed and thankful we are that you have come. And you might have questions. And if you want to ask questions, we invite those. Uh, we might not have answers to all your questions, but we will do the very best that we can. Are we good? We'll see. All right. Well, if it starts cutting out, I'll, I'll take a handheld, even though I'm not good with that. I've never been, never been good with that. So the truth about darkness. Everybody say the truth about, about darkness. The truth about darkness. Today, what I want to do is I want to help us to navigate the unseen places. Help us to navigate those places that we don't normally see. Amen? I want to help us to get our eyes open even when they're open. I, I want us to open them by the Spirit, not just in the natural. So let me ask this question. When you think of darkness, what do you think of? Darkness. <laughs> what is in it? What do you think of? Who said? What did you say? Evilness. Evilness. How many think of evil? When you think of darkness, you think of evil. You correlate those two together. Some of you, some of you aren't being honest. What else do you think of? Absence of light. It's good. Unknown. What? Mysterious. Nothingness. 
darkness, that place where all of those things go together. But in the church world, this is evidently not working, so... <laughs> Testing one, two, three. There we go. How's that? So we need, we're going to see how I can do with, with my hands tied because I always feel like these make me tie my hands. But when we think of darkness, we think of all of these things. We think of evil. We think of, we think of, well, how come everybody's picking on me? What? I got a tail. That was my original form. I've been called a rat in the past. What do you think of when you think of darkness? You think of all of these things. You think of these things that are, are hindering, that are enabling, that create fear. If it's unknown, if it's mysterious, there's a fear that is related to that. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that's almost natural in us that when we approach darkness, uh, we want to find a different pathway. We want to go a different direction. And depending on what our experiences are. And I want to share a quick story. When I was a kid, I was probably 9 or 10 years old. Don't remember exactly, but maybe 9 or 10. And I, was, I wanted to do something, and um, I, I received a, a new weapon, and my father bought me a little Red Ryder BB gun. And uh, I took this little Red Ryder BB gun, and I was hunting for anything that was moving that it wouldn't hurt to practice on. And um, somewhere, I don't remember where it was now, but somehow along that route, I found a little mouse, and I shot this little field mouse with, the, with my Red Ryder BB gun and killed it dead. Well, I was very proud of this little mouse, and I was telling my father, I said, I, I used my BB gun, and, and I was able to take out a field mouse. Yay for Steve! You know, and my dad, now, he got home late from work, so it was already dark, but I had saved the mouse for him. I'd saved it. And my father being who my father was when he was living, who he was, was he always he used in a very real way every circumstance that he could. He would use it as a teaching point. So I'm very proud of this little mouse, and I've got it in a little bag, and I show my dad, Dad, look what I killed today with my Red Ryder BB gun. And my dad said, well, that's good, son. That's wonderful. What are you going to do with it? And I thought, throw it in the trash. And he said, no, I want you to understand the value of life. And I want you to understand the value of death. I've never forgotten this, never will. I've told this story before, so some of you have already heard it. And he said, I want you to understand the value of life, and I want you to understand the value of death. And we do not take death lightly. Even though it's a mouse, in your mind, it's nothing. It's trouble. It chews things. It does all of these, and whatever examples, he eats your cheese, whatever. And he used all of those things that were important that I would understand. And he said, now I want you to take that mouse, and I want you to take it out behind that the, it wasn't a barn, but it was a shed that was way back. We had, he had about an acre of land, and it was way back. It was pitch black, dark outside. And I was never afraid of the dark as a kid growing up. I never was afraid of the dark, but um, tonight I was. And, uh, or this night I was. And my dad said, I want you to take that mouse, and I want you to bury it out behind, out behind the shed. And I said, yes, sir. I said, Dad, can I just do that in the morning? He said, no. No, I want you to do it right now. I want you to get the shovel out of the garage, and I want you to take that mouse out behind the shed. Now, in my world, my nine, ten-year-old world, I'm thinking, what's the difference? But he was teaching me something. So I took that little mouse, scared, 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 and I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell you what I did. Don't do what I'm telling you I did. Don't do this. But I'm making the point. This is how we react to darkness too many times. And I took that little bag mouse, 
And I walked out in the backyard, and I, when I stepped out that back door, knowing that my father was in the living room that was on the other side of the house and was not watching, and I stepped out there, made sure the porch light was off, and I stood there on the back porch for just a moment, just long enough where he thought I had walked about 50 yards. And I put that little mouse in a bag underneath some bushes that were out there behind the house, and I left that little mouse there. And then the next day after school, while he was still working, I took that mouse out behind that shed, and I buried it in broad daylight. Why am I telling this story? Because that's our approach to darkness. Often, when we approach darkness, and because we interpret it incorrectly, we make the wrong decisions. It did not, it's, darkness is not always sent. In fact, it is rarely sent to bring harm. But in our world, we're raised in a society in the nature where darkness is always sent to hurt us. So in my unwillingness to hear my father's voice and to be obedient to his voice, I, and he never found out, he still to this day does not know that I did not bury that mouse until light was shining. He still doesn't know. Well, he might now. He's watching from the heavens. But thank Dad, I'm, I'm sorry. And, um, but... There was a fear of darkness. So what it prevented me from doing was fully learning that lesson. There was a lesson. There was something my father wanted to reveal to me in the taking of that mouse out behind that shed in the middle of the night. It was middle of the night to me because it was pitch black. And there was a lesson he wanted to teach me. I missed the point. I missed the moment. I still to this day don't know what the point was. What I do know is I didn't fulfill the assignment that I was given because I saw something that in my world, in my natural world, darkness is evil. Darkness is void of anything good. And because of that, it robbed me from an opportunity. So is darkness ever our friend? It is. You know, I can tell you one time this, my friend, we were, we were, well, let me just say it this way. We've often, uh, we've traveled just like you have. And my wife and I have the same DNA in this regard. And that is, if in our travels we happen to stay in a hotel and light shines through every morning, you know when I am awake, when the light is shining. If, if the sun has risen, I'm up. Because the moment the light shines through my window, I wake up. I cannot sleep if there is any light at all in the room. My wife and I are exactly the same way, have always been that way. So often we've been in hotels and we've stayed somewhere, we've gone somewhere and the light is shining through. Recently we were somewhere where it was brighter in the night than it was in the day because all the little lights were all around this particular place and we just could not sleep. Darkness in this case, this is an example, is my friend. In the night, I believe darkness is my friend. I want to be able to close my eyes. I am not nocturnal. I am daytonal. And I want to sleep. When I close my eyes, I want to sleep. So I want to read something to you today, and I want to talk about this idea of darkness and how it, we are impacted by it. And I want to share with you uh, the truth about, about darkness and navigating some of these unseen places. So in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I want to share something very interesting with you. Perhaps you have, maybe not. Uh, considered this before. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and without void, and darkness, everyone say darkness. darkness, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, 
And God separated the light from the darkness. Say this with me. He separated the light from the darkness. And then God called the light by name day. And then God called the darkness by name night. And there was now evening and there was morning which created the first day. The first day would never have existed if there was not both day and night. I find it very interesting here that the Father, was, it was important to Him not simply to say, let there be light and let it remain forever. If anybody could see the value in anything, it is the Father who created everything. So there's some value in darkness, or He would have said, let there be 24-hour light. He saw value in darkness, and there's so much value in darkness, the Father said, not only let there be light and darkness, He said, I'm going to give equal measure to the darkness that I give to the light. I'm going to give light 12 hours, and I'm going to give darkness 12 hours. I'm going to split it evenly because there's significance in both of those things. So in the middle of his creation, all throughout this, not only did he say, I want to give equal share to the light, and I want to give equal share to the darkness, but I want to name the light day. I want to get personal with the light. And I want to not call you, here's the light, there's the light, come here, light. I want to say, day, shine. And I want to say about the night, I don't simply want to be impersonal with the night. I don't want to uh, make night believe that it is insignificant or irrelevant and that it has no purpose in creation. So what I want to do is I want to say to the night, I'm going to name you two so that we can have a relationship with each other. So that I can find things in you that are present in you. I'm going to give you a name. Night You'll no longer be called by night. You will now be called by, I mean by darkness. You'll be called by the name night. So darkness, I like you. Light, I like you. I made both of you and I made sure there was an equal portion of both of you. Now what I need to do is raise up mankind that I'm about to create. I need to raise up mankind so that they can interpret the way I do the relationship between light or day and night. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. Do you know I said amen? Oh, I hope so. So let me ask this question, and I want you to think about this for a second. I'm going to ask it, and then I'm going to be quiet. What do you see that no one else can see until you show them? And then they can never unsee it. What do you see that no one else can see or has seen until you show them? And then once you show them, they can never unsee it. I'll give you an example. How many times have I taught about the animals in the ark? There were not just two of each kind in the ark. The Bible is very clear. There were not just two of every kind in the ark. You'll never forget that. That's always going to be in your mind. Every time you hear Noah's story or the story of the ark, you're always going to think in your mind, oh, there weren't just two animals, two of each kind. So what is it that you've seen 
that no one else saw until you showed them, and then they could never unsee it. Uh, I have a revelation about this verse that I've had for a while, which is Yahweh didn't exist in light and then create the darkness. Yahweh existed in darkness and then he created the light. And we flipped that. So I just wanted to point that out. The darkness was first with him. It's part of his nature. More so maybe than light. Exactly. And then he created the light, not the opposite, but we always focus on the light of Yahweh, even though it was created second. It's that unseen place. It's the darkness is that unfamiliar place, but he was at home in the darkness. So because Yahweh gave equal time, because God gave equal time to the day and the night, he didn't do that by error. He didn't do that by mistake. He didn't do that because he could not completely supplant the darkness. He left enough of both on Purpose, because each of them have an assignment, and neither of which is to create fear. I'm going to go back to what Archie said a while ago. Most people associate darkness with evil, but let me ask you a question. Why is that? That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. Why do we associate darkness with evil? Why do we do that? Because that's how we're raised up. We're told about the boogeyman. We're told about things that scamper in the night. We're taught that all bad things happen when it's dark. But do you know this? This is a true story. Google it today. There are, and I'm just going to use this as a horrible example, but it's the one I found and, it's, and it works, so that it'll make the point. Do you know that there are more people murdered in daylight than there are in darkness? It's a terrible analogy. But does it not make the point? The point is, evil happens when there is light or day, and evil happens when there is night or darkness. Evil happens. Evil is not associated with either light or darkness. Evil is associated with disobedience. Any place where there is disobedience, evil exists. John 1.1 1, 1 says this, says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. You probably have this memorized. Maybe not in this version. I'm trying to throw you a curve. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being. All things came. Everybody say all things. Came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, does not comprehend it, does not know how to overcome it. I want to talk about this right now because I want to help you understand what darkness is in relationship to where we are today. And I want to vanquish the idea that because things are dark, that there is no life in them. I'm going to use Dine Yoga as an example. In the world, in the church world today, anything related to yoga is darkness. It's evil. It's, it can't be right. It can't be right in the church. You can't have yoga because it's spiritualism. I want to be spiritual. You can't have this because it's, it's, a, it's opposed to God. Why? 
See, in a place where we cannot comprehend that the Father, where we cannot overcome the lie that the Father's not the one that imparts life in a passion to be well and healthy, in a world like that, dying yoga, that's evil. But in a world where I can accept the Father's heart is for me to be healthy, to be strong. This did not come from evil. This came from the Father. But evil took possession. Darkness is lack of understanding. It's the inability to see. And where there is an inability to see, just because we can't see doesn't make it bad, Sam. I was not a bad person when I did not see the revelation of relationship. I did what I knew to do as a new believer and live religiously and I followed most of the rules. I followed them because that's all I knew how to do. I, but the, there was truth in the dark places. The dark places being where I, had not, I could not see yet. But there were truths hidden in those dark places. You tracking with me? There were truths that were hidden in those dark places that I was not yet prepared to see. But as I begin to grow and I met this person and I met that person, suddenly their truth, their light begin to shine in that place. And what I could not see, suddenly I was drawing things out of dark places that were no longer hidden from me. You understanding me today? Darkness isn't evil. It wasn't evil because I didn't know that I could have relationship with God. It wasn't, that wasn't evil. What's evil is never being willing to access that relationship with the Father. We need to be careful that we do not fear those dark seasons in our lives. I want to speak to you about this. I want to encourage you in this. When people are going through things and you're going through things in your life and you identify them as dark, if you're going to use the word dark or you're going to use that word to describe anything, understand why you are using it. Don't use dark to define evil. Use dark to define an unrevealed place. It hasn't yet been exposed. But there are things, listen to what I'm telling you, there are things hidden in the darkness for you right now that you are going to draw out of that darkness as Holy Spirit begins to illuminate those places. So what if we rearrange the idea of darkness and we accepted that it is what the Father said. I'm, he said, I'm not going to do away with darkness because that's where I'm going to hide the fullness until they're ready for the pieces. So I'm just going to give them just enough light and just enough darkness to balance each other out. I'm going to give just enough day and just enough night so that there is equal opportunity to walk in what you know and then to enter into what you don't and draw something out of that when you are ready to receive it. So I want to challenge our concept and our idea of what darkness is, Joyce. I want to challenge that today, and I want to say to you, those places in your life that you've called dark, don't use those dark places to fear what's coming next. Oh, I'm in a dark place. I don't know what to do now. Sit still there. 
until the light comes and the glory of the Lord has risen and shone upon that spot and revealed in that spot what he has been holding in that spot for you. Your dreams, the visions that you have, the hopes that you have that have not yet, Chris, come to pass, those places are in a dark place right now. You know they exist, you just don't know where. They're not hidden in the darkness, they're just wrapped up in the darkness. Very different. To say that it's hidden is to say that the Father's keeping it from you. To say that it's wrapped up is to say that the Father, that the Father is incubating it for you. He's preparing it for you. So when we look into these dark places and we look and we're walking and we're living and we're doing, I, I encourage you today to don't fear the darkness. Don't fear the unknown. Don't fear what you can't see. We have to learn how to navigate those unseen places. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you today. The church world is where the church world is today because it has never learned to navigate. Because it has avoided the darkness. The church world is on the same hamster wheel today that it was on after Christ ascended into the heavens. For the very reason because it avoids the darkness. If I don't understand it, if I can't see it, I, will, I refuse to engage it. If it doesn't make sense to me, I'm not doing that. Religion hates darkness. The kingdom lives in it. We bring light into that place as Holy Spirit begins to show up. We reveal, and, and suddenly there's a light. It's like when he turned these lights on a few moments ago. There was darkness in here, but there was no evil in here. There was darkness in here, but there were so many faces that I could not see. All of them filled with a different expression, a different anointing, a different moment. And I couldn't see the face. Within that darkness... I couldn't see what was in you. I couldn't see how you were engaging what I was saying. I couldn't see what, what it is that you were doing. I couldn't see how involved you are or you aren't. I, couldn't, I was not aware of that because there was darkness. But when light, when the light came on, it revealed not what was hidden, but was being kept in that place. And suddenly draws are made. You're getting me this morning. We have to know how to navigate the unseen, the unknown, those dark places. In fact, I encourage you today. The places that we have called dark for so long. Oh, here we go. The orphan, the vagabond, the drug addict, the homosexual, the adulterer, the pedophile. Oh, I know. We, I know. Oh, I know. Those places we've called dark for so long. They are lacking truth. They are lacking truth. And it's because so much of the church won't go into those dark places because we call that darkness, oh, that's evil. That's evil. Stay away. Stay away. But isn't it sad that the very place where the Father incubates our purpose and releases it to us one measure of faith at a time in those places these things that are sinful have found refuge in darkness where the Father made His home before He spoke light into existence. 
So what am I saying? What dark places behind the shed have you avoided? How many times have you stuck your mouse under the bush beside the back door? Where you were comfortable being because you could see all around you, but you avoided a hundred steps into that dark place because it was unseen. We have got to learn how to navigate our way from the back door to the back of the shed. We've got to say, Holy Spirit, help me today. When I step out that back door, because you dwell in me, I am the light. And I'm going to walk into this thing. I have nothing to fear because in the middle of this darkness, you're about to open up an opportunity. And somebody's life is going to be changed because I'm coming into this place that's been called evil for so long. That's never been evil at all. But there, it is held within it opportunity to be your glory in the earth. Somebody, somebody say amen. And then these dark seasons, sometimes we come into these places where the season is. We feel like we get up and we come and uh, we arise and there's just, there's, there's nothing. I encourage you, I encourage you in that darkness, don't, blame, don't say, oh, I'm in a dark place, this is all bad. Understand that those are the places the Father prepares you. Isn't it interesting, too, that it's when you're sleeping that your body regenerates itself. It's when you go to bed and you sleep for a good solid eight hours. Half the people said, yeah. Don't know when that happened. But in the event that it did, it's during that time that your body regenerates itself, heals itself, does everything it was created to do, has dreams in wonder, connects in places it does not when it's wide awake. When does all that happen? In the darkness. Isn't it interesting that the Father created us to be rejuvenated in the dark? Isn't it interesting? Isn't it even more interesting that Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave and arose from the dead in the dark? When he rose from the dead in the tomb, there wasn't an ounce of light within the tomb. And yet within the tomb, the fullness of the sending of Christ came to be. Isn't that interesting? What does that say to you and me? Change our perspective. We've got to, by word and spirit, navigate those unseen places. Stop seeing darkness as evil and see darkness as a place where the Father is holding something that will be released to me at the proper time. He will light it up. But right now, He's preparing it. And I'm going to let Him work in His kitchen. I'm going to let Him create that cheesecake in such a way it's irresistible. That car- I'm going to let Him put as many carrots in that cake as He wants to. And then when it's ready and he knows I'm ready for that, it will be revealed. But I'm going to enter into those dark places. I'm going to navigate those unseen places, those unseen things. And I'm not going to be a church that finds itself always running from the darkness. But I'm going to see the darkness as an opportunity. 
I can rest, I can grow, I can rejuvenate, I can be reborn, I can, I can draw everything out of it that the Father wants to do. Become aware of what His original assignment was for this church, you for your church. Do you hear me today? So I encourage you when you walk out of here today, let's never tell our kids again. Let's never speak of darkness as an evil place. We need to understand it for what it is. And if the Father gave it value, we would be more than remiss to take the, try to take that value away. It was important enough, Mahela, that he named it. I'm not going to call you darkness because there's too many thoughts about that. I'm going to give you a name and I'm going to call you night. And night, we're going to walk together. Day, we're going to walk together. In the day, we walk in what we know. In the night, we walk in those places that require great faith. Father, everything in me, help me today to come to the place where I am never at peace. In fact, all of us, where we are never at peace walking in what we know where faith isn't required. But help us today to step into the unseen places and navigate that as you rebuild our mind and our way and our life and our understanding. Help us to live in that place that requires great faith. There are things in the night that don't go boo. But there are things in the night that say, welcome. Welcome. We've been waiting on you. We've been waiting on you. Do you hear me today? Father, I lift.